Are you the quantum mechanics? Yes, we are the quantum mechanics, the podcast that tinkers under the hood of the paranormal and takes a bit of an agnostic view on everything that's weird, wonderful, unexplainable and intriguing. We are indeed. Um, before we get into this episode, I just wanted to um, start by saying uh, thank you to everyone who's listening to our podcast, because this is, what, our fifth episode now, Ben, I think? Number five, um, yeah. Yeah, number five. Uh, and I was looking yesterday, and we now have people listening in 18 countries around the world, which I think when we started this a few weeks ago, we'd have been absolutely shocked and i feel quite humbled that that's the case i want to thank everyone who's listening basically before we kick into this yeah thank you i worked out that's nine more countries than i've been to <laughs> that's good so we've virtually been there but we just haven't been yeah there yeah real. um today i thought we could talk about ufos and i think as in all the topics that we deal with definitions are important here so I think the majority of when we refer to UFOs today, it will be about the extraterrestrial, potentially the extraterrestrial kind rather than the, uh, you know, unidentified lights in the sky, which could be other stuff. Um, and I think there are two reasons, really, I wanted to talk about that today. Number one, this is our fifth episode and we've not talked about UFOs, and I know it's something that's both dear to both mine and yours hearts Ben. it is um yeah. uh, and secondly uh last week the end of april 2020 the pentagon released officially released the videos and a little statement about what's come to known as the tic tac ufo incident or incidents i should say um and I think that's quite important because with this topic, I got into this topic when I was nine years old, really. My dad took me to London for the first time and he took me to the cinema for the first time and he took me to see Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which, as you can imagine, as a nine-year-old kid, was just the kind of most amazing thing. It's funny, though, looking back on it, I think that could have gone horribly wrong. My dad taking me to a movie where the father of his children <laughs> abandons them at the end to go chasing around the galaxy with a couple of, uh, or with some gangly aliens. But uh, I wasn't scarred for life. I was just became obsessed with UFOs. But I have to say, in recent years, my kind of interest hasn't dwindled, but it's, it's kind of tainted a little bit because there is so much, let's say, uh, metaphorical space junk out there that confuses the subject so i think the ones we're going to talk about today definitely the tic tac and one we'll talk about later still grab my interest for the fact that they kind of raise above the level of the noise that's around the ufo phenomena yeah well i, I think one of the reasons why you probably feeling jaded is perhaps one of the reasons why we wanted to do this podcast because the those sorts of images, uh, videos and eyewitness statements, they are largely not treated well in mainstream media. And I don't think that that is uh, sort of a conspiracy or anything. It's just the fact that places like the History Channel, they're in the business of bringing audiences in. <clears throat> and this is a difficult subject. This is something where... If you bring up, well, pretty much anything that we talk about on this podcast up in what you would call polite society or, you know, with your boss or with somebody you didn't know very well in the pub, they there's a good chance that you're going to be worried that they're going to think you're a nutter. And so the way that these channels and the broadcasters make these things palatable to everybody is just by... Um, you know, you put a celebrity face in front of it and you have a bit of a tongue-in-cheek view. Um, so those those videos that you described, the Tic Tac ones, they were captured in November 2004 and January 2015. And they have been seen everywhere. The New York Times has published them. They have been on the History Channel. But very crucially, they have never had an official seal. It's almost like they were... Uh, well, they were publicly leaked, but 
but now they have the status of historical navy videos mm. and i this is something that i suppose a lot of people who aren't paying attention have missed this means that very publicly the largest military organization in the entire world has released some footage that they admit they have no idea what it is and i think yeah. that is staggering it's incredible and i think you know talking about the the space junk let's call it that for now on the really really interesting ones you could probably count them on two hands right mm-hmm. yeah you know so and what generally lifts them up a bit is something like the Tic Tac one where you get some kind of official recognition that something weird's gone on and yeah. not, not we'll get onto the statement in a minute. It's not that they're claiming it's extraterrestrial, but it's unknown. Um, I also get interested when it does cross over into the mainstream media, which them releasing this statement has done it. I mean, it's been in pretty much every newspaper. It's been on all the late night chat shows uh, in the States, certainly, and here. Um, so that lifts it up. When you get mass viewings of a strange phenomenon, that lifts it up. So I think it's. I think there are a number of things that are really fascinating about the this incident. And I'm sure most of you, certainly if you're into this subject, you will know about these videos. Some of you out there might not know about them and have come across them in the last week or so. Um, we're going to post a kind of edit of them on our social media. So if you go to at TQM podcast on Facebook or Twitter, they'll be there while we're talking now. I've taken some of the audio. I know we're not seeing the clips, but I just thought we could have a little listen to some of the audio because it is it's quite astounding. It is astounding and it's the sort of thing that you would expect to hear, I think, from an actor in a Hollywood movie if it was a sci-fi movie. And we have to sort of remember that what we're listening to is a military pilot talking to other military pilots. He is not expecting this to be released, you know. This This is a moment that he is just talking to a colleague and the emotion in his voice, I, I think that says a lot. You, you, you'd have to be a good actor to put that on. Yeah, and I, what I've done is I've kind, of, I've kind of edited the two bits of audio together and I've cut out some of the, what would be for us on a podcast, Dead Air. But um, just, you know, if you've, if you've seen it or heard it, this will it'll give you a kind of recollection of what it's about. If you've not heard it, it might speak spark you to go and have a look at the videos themselves but let's just play a little bit of that audio there's a whole fleet of them look on the sa my gosh they're all going against the wind the wind's 120 knots to the west oh thing dude that's not our lns though is it it's not that is an lns dude well, if there's like another thing, it's rotating. I mean, you can hear in their voices, this is not something that's normal or that they come across or that they see every day. I mean, these guys are kind of, they're ecstatic and amazed by what they're witnessing, right? They are, they are. And it's also worth pointing out that this system they're using is called FLIR, Forward Looking Infrared. And it's the computer and the system that's also locked onto these things. So it's you it's you, you can first of all dismiss that people are seeing things or mistaking something. This is an object being tracked 
by a piece of military hardware which is designed to do uh, targeting on obviously you know uh, the foe the the enemy planes of your foe and their missiles and whatever yeah. it's found this object and is tracking it it's not an illusion well let's i think what we should do is i uh i went to rather than taking it from the various news articles that have been written in the last week or so i thought i'd go to the source so i did go to the uh u.s department of defense uh press area which they do have um so that's uh i must be on i'm sure some red flag comes up now but i thought my my google search history is that ship has probably sailed anyway um so I'd like to read from read the official statement because it's it's quite short, but I think we can probably talk a lot around it. It's probably what it doesn't say is as important as what it does say. So, so as Ben said, these videos did leak online um, a few years ago, and it's for some reason April twenty seventh, twenty twenty, the Department of Defense decided to officially release them and put out this short statement. The Department of Defense has authorized the release of three unclassified Navy videos, one taken in November 2004 and the other two in January 2015, which had been circulating in the public domain after unauthorized release in 2007 and 2017. The US Navy previously acknowledged that these videos circulating in the public domain were indeed Navy videos. After a thorough review, the department has determined that the authorised release of these unclassified videos does not reveal any sensitive capabilities or systems and does not impinge on any subsequent investigation of military airspace incursions by unidentified aerial phenomena. DOD is releasing the videos in order to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage that has been circulating was real, or whether or not there is more to the videos. The aerial phenomena observed in the videos remain characterised as unidentified. The release videos can be found at Naval Air Systems Command, FOIA Reading Room. And then there's a link to them. And... I mean, wow! It's incredible when you read that statement back. It is just incredible. Uh, I, what they're really saying is, to they are confirming that this is real footage because the original footage, when it was leaked, it came via the website of a film company, and that film company, all they were doing they are a contractor to the u.s military and they tidy up the videos and take away anything in them that would be uh sort of contravene secrecy guidelines or whatever yeah Uh, but when people hear oh it came off the website of a film company most people like i say those people that you're talking to in the pub your boss because they're not I don't know. I don't really know the reason why, but they are not going to pass over that and look at the real meaning for it. They'll be thinking, oh, okay, so this is um, this is a special effect. Yeah. And what the military has done here is taken. Well, they could have just gone on. They could have just left it. What what harm for them would it be? But they haven't denied it, which is what you would expect. They've come out and said, nope. That really is UFOs that we captured there. Well, I think there are there are there are a couple of things I want to talk. Well, there's a lot I want to talk about, but kind of probably two areas about this statement that's worth talking about. One is the timing. The other is kind of what it is and what it isn't saying. Hmm. So let's start with that. So I. I'm not sure. I don't know if you know, Ben. I don't know if there is the American equivalent of a freedom of information request, but for some reason, I do think this this release of this information might be tied to that. But even if that is the case, if you're the Department of Defense, I think you can come up with enough reasons not to release any information about this event. 
And both me and you have worked in some big companies on various projects. And even a small project, when you're releasing a press statement, you know, you've seen it and I've seen it, there'll be a bit at the top. Draft number 22, right? Because it's been around so many different people ticking it off. And there are lists of people within a company signing off press releases and press statements both inside the company and when it relates to outside companies as well. And this is this can be on something really mundane, right? So if you're going to release this statement as the Department of Defence, you know, every word in this will have been poured over very closely, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I think what's interesting is... Well, let's talk about the timing, because I have heard some rumours that have been circulating in papers and online, oh, the reason they've released this now is, as they say in America, to take out the trash. So dumping news when there's loads of other stuff going on, so it kind of falls under the radar. And I don't know about you, but I just don't buy that theory because either there is... Either they've completely misjudged the situation because everybody's so sick of hearing about coronavirus and COVID-19 and most journalists are stuck at home looking for something else to talk about. So to release it at the moment, at this time, let alone the fact that, you know, there is some danger that some people might kind of panic and go, oh my God, we're going to be invaded by aliens. Um, I, I just don't buy that it's it's a way of dumping it while everybody's focused on COVID-19. That doesn't make sense to me. No, it seems, it very much feels like it's the opposite. It feels like it's um, it's almost waving a flag. Yeah. Because there'd be much better days to bury it. Like, it, the, the, the timing is in their hands. There is no, as far as I can see... There's no compunction to get it out there as quickly as possible. If there is some sort of uh, moral imperative to, you know, somebody somewhere says, no, we have to be honest about this, but we'd rather not attract attention. The time to not attract attention is not when everybody is at home just pouring through stuff to relieve the boredom. An ideal time might be, I don't know, the American election that's coming up in a few months. Put it out on election night. That will yeah. that will very quickly be buried. There's there's loads of different days when you could do it which would be better than this. It feels well chosen, well considered, and I would be surprised if it wasn't part of a larger plan. Yeah, I I I agree. Let's assume it's not about UFOs. So let's try and look at what else it could be about so some of the theories have been so obviously there's there's a big theory that it is some kind of military incursion into u.s space that's airspace that's uh been picked up so i don't know like the chinese military have got some thing that they're testing out and flying over this airspace where these uh, these pilots have encountered it. But again, I feel like if you're the DOD, the Department of Defence, you don't want to really kind of encourage that. Wouldn't you just keep that quiet? Because you don't want to admit that, you know, your potential enemies have got some kind of weapon so powerful that even your pilots are amazed at what it's can do right why would you feel right. that fire exactly exactly so there was some speculation when these uh these videos were being talked about when they were a leak that it was the american government almost uh showing their hand to china in a public way china and russia or any of their international foes it's all like that the, the reasoning goes, in case China doesn't know that we're doing this, we're going to leak these videos of our pilots. They don't know what it is either, but we're kind of like 
thumbing our noses at them, going, yeah, we got these things. They've completely reframed any argument that could be had in that space. Because, as you say, by saying that they remain unidentified and these pictures are real, that isn't how you go about showing that you've got a superior weapon to your foe. That is very much, unless there is some kind of weird psychology that I don't understand, what they're saying is, we don't know what this is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just, they wouldn't. I just can't see what, like you're saying, I can't see the advantage of that. So there's an interview that I found in space.com for before, this is before the, the Pentagon officially let's say claimed these videos um, mm-hmm. by Seth Shostak who senior astronomer at SETI or he was so he talks about this kind of could be a you know Chinese weapon he also he also points out that the uh, Navy had just upgraded their software on the the jets and their radar system. I think to quote him, as anybody who uses Microsoft products knows, whenever you upgrade upgrade any technical product, there are always problems. So he seems to be suggesting that it's some kind of software glitch. But there are a number of reasons why that doesn't work either. Number one, it's a software glitch that they haven't solved in the years between these two videos. Mm-hmm. which is quite a long period of time. Secondly, if they know, if the government knows it's a software glitch, surely they'd allude to it, at least, in their press statement. It wouldn't be unidentified if it was a software glitch, right? Absolutely. So we're left with, it's not a software glitch, because they would have said, and surely they would have sorted it out. <clears throat> and even if they hadn't, surely you wouldn't want to admit to that or or drive speculation around the fact that you can't get your software to work in no, the years between not. these no, two videos. You, as, as I said, the world's largest military power, the last thing you're going to do is admit publicly that your systems don't work the way that you hope they would. Yeah, the you know some kind of weird weather phenomenon that we don't understand, but I'm not sure... From what the pilots are saying, that makes sense either. And yes, some kind of Chinese secret weapon that we don't know about, there is some credibility to that. But then I don't think you would put out the statement at all. You wouldn't. The the whole thing about this is the fact the statement exists, really. Yeah. Because for I, I can't think of any situation where anybody who knew exactly what those things were would put out a statement like that they would say it was uh it was some space debris it was one of our own test vehicles it was mm. a uh, a military maneuver designed to test our systems any one of those things would be very difficult to disprove and would yeah. be easily swallowed by friendly press outlets who would go, oh, UFO mystery solved. Yeah. It was the Pentagon testing their own capabilities. But that is not the way they've gone. No. And, are you, and again, it's like, even if they're not going to be as explicit as what as how you're describing it, there would be some hint to it. My, you know... So take the, I know the software one doesn't make any sense, but if it was the software one, you'd you'd say it's an important part of testing new software that blah, 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 blah. It's a way of ironing out the, you know, if you were going to say anything at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't understand why if it, like we said, if it is some kind of Chinese super weapon, why you'd want to even allude and admit to it. But then you get, you know, so so in a way, the only credible one that I've got is like, it's some <laughs> Pentagon Department of Defense cock up thinking that they can just bury this news and it's, you know, some interns put out a press release, but that doesn't seem likely either. So you've got to ask yourself why. And 
coming back to something you started to allude to, is it is it drip feeding us for something else? I know that normally I, me saying that out loud, I'd think to myself, that sounds very tin hatty. But actually in this scenario, it doesn't feel so tin hatty. That are they softening us up for something else? I, I'd quite like to play another bit of audio, if that's all right with you, Ben. Mm. We, weirdly, uh, we did interview uh, a professor, I think he's a professor of journalism, right? It's a uh, he's, a, he's a chair of journalism, yeah. Ch- chair of journalism. Uh, we, we interviewed him for something else, for a, uh, an upcoming episode. And again, in one of those weird quantum mechanics, uh, serendipitous moments, we did talk to him about the Tic Tac uh, UFO, uh, and we said to him, we, we were kind of talking about how news organisations, when these stories become credible, and what would happen if the US government announced that alien life did exist out there and, and, had, and had come to visit us. So uh, let's just play that in, have a little listen to his view of what that would be like if it happened. So joining us on the phone is Johnny Greatrex, who is a, a senior lecturer in journalism at Nottingham Trent University. Hi, Johnny. Hi. If we talk again about the kind of UFO type stuff, what for you from a journalistic point of view, what, what would you need to make you go, oh, my God, this is really serious? Would it be some kind of government statement or what, what is the level that suddenly takes you into a different direction with those kind of stories? Yeah, well, it, it's official verification. You know, if you go, if, if someone calls in uh, and says, "Hi, I saw something in the in the in the sky over over Norfolk on holiday last night," we're driving back and it was just like these lights whizzing around. Da, 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 da. All right, well, where were you? What road were you on? What time is it? Which direction were you looking in? All right, yeah, no problem. Thanks very much. We'll give it. We'll give the MOD a call or we'll give the police a call. Yeah. So you do your normal check calls. You call the police. Uh, and you, if, if needs be, you might they might call the MOD, press officers, and say, "I, you know, just had someone talking about lights in the sky." If then those official sources come back and say, "Yep, we can confirm we had 19 calls last night about lights in the sky," um, then you say, "Oh, all right, well that that stands the story up. We still don't know what it is people saw, but if the police are saying we had a lot of calls, we know it's not just one person bringing in." And saying things which are not true for whatever reason that may be. If the MOD comes back and says, we scrambled two fight- two tornadoes from RAF Dudar because we thought it might be a Russian bomber um, or whatever, then you're into different territory. But if the police come back and say, no, sorry, we had nothing, and the MOD come back and said, no, nothing at all, and um, then that's the kind of uh, two sort of, I suppose, polar opposites of where the reporting process could take you. Right. That's really interesting. Yeah, because we I mean, we were talking the other day about that kind of topic of where where it kind of gets to um, the next level. What do you mean if if a statement was released saying, "Oh, hi everyone, just to let you know, um, aliens are arrived." Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it would be um, it would be the biggest story in history, wouldn't it? Ever. Yeah. So uh, every every. Well, the world would stop, wouldn't it? <laughs> Quite frankly, yeah. the, the, the world would stop. The world would be pretty much united uh, in a moment, which would be forever sort of changing our history. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's almost impossible to comprehend what that moment would be like for, for many obvious reasons. So the reason I played that, Ben, is, you know, as he says in that clip... I think he describes it as it would be the biggest story ever. Yeah. And that's that's where it's getting tin hatty, but but kind of sensible to me that you would want to start drip feeding this stuff out if it, you're going to announce something so major. That's right. And I think also the like I guess it makes common sense, but the drip feeding allows you to soften any final message that you have to have if you go from uh sort of on monday as far as we know we're alone in the universe but there might be something out there on tuesday 
oh, here's uh, an alien that we've been talking to for 44 years. Sorry we didn't tell you. You've the damage that you do, not just to the world's psyche on, oh, they really do exist then, but the fact that you've been covering these things up for uh, a long time. What that message there from the Pentagon says is, oh, we don't know. So if you read between the lines, it sounds to me like they're setting us up for, oh, yeah, these things have been around for forever, but we're learning this at the same time as you. So it could be quite clever, divisive sort of propaganda. It's worth knowing like i don't i don't think we've ever mentioned it on this podcast before but um peter and i are both from uh tv production backgrounds and both still work in that field and a long time ago for a major broadcaster i made a one-off show called uh alien invasion are we ready and i spoke to the head of a leading news organization about what would happen if I suppose if we took the uh, the grandest proposal that uh, we all talk about, that uh, aliens land on the White House, uh, the White House lawn, but m- more likely uh, an alien ship, let's say, so in the hypothetical situation that I had proposed, we find an alien craft floating in the sea and it is discovered by uh, a, let's say, US warship. How would that play out on the news? And what was terribly interesting was that he said, because it was it's such an enormous story, because it would be the biggest thing that anybody ever reported on, they would not take responsibility for reporting it in the first instance. So what they would do is, uh, let's say that the first reports came in from a newswire. Let's say it was Reuters. They would explicitly say Reuters are reporting that and until it was absolutely confirmed that what they were reporting on really was the real thing they would be very careful about their reputation and right, keep attributing it handle, basically exactly they would keep attributing and it could bring it. down your organization if you got it wrong right right so right. so he said basically the first time that they would actually say Yes, okay, this is a alien spacecraft or uh, an alien body is they would need confirmation and that that confirmation would need to come from uh, a country government and not just a country any country it would have to come from a UK source, a, a US government source, a military source, a European Union source. Like they wouldn't uh, if, if um, just because of the way the world works, if a much smaller military uh, of a different country said they thought it was alien, they would just attribute that comment to them, but kind of say, but Not nothing has been enough. confirmed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But then... A bit like, there was a Chilean one, wasn't there, that was a bit like that? That's right, The yeah. Chilean military had something similar, didn't they? Well, yeah. It was Chile, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But... Uh, I kind of I kind of get the reasoning because if you think about like it there's it's very hard I think at the moment to to know whether something is a recovered piece of military hardware from another country uh or if it really is something that's come from you know outer space and I think we know that by you know if you just look at any SpaceX rocket landing tail first on a ship in the ocean that that looks like something out of a film that looks like something out of a computer game and so i think we have to be you know generally very cautious about these things because they aren't beyond the possibility that they could be made by humans but the fact that that message seems so carefully controlled i think there might be another aspect to this as well that if we give them the benefit of the doubt and we assume that they really don't know what these things are and the pentagon hasn't really got crashed uh, or recovered 
craft at Area 51 or anything else, then what they're also lacking is any kind of procedure to deal with these things. Right. So I note that the Taiwanese government uh, two weeks ago, I think, said that they were going to put in place uh, a sort of terms of engagement for their air force for these right objects which is also quite big news did but, they say they were going to publish that that'd be great to get hold of wouldn't it uh, it would i don't know if they'll publish it but it, i don't Probably think it'd not, be too but... i don't think it'd be too difficult to get hold of i guess it would uh, prevent the sort of um the release of weapons or something in an unauthorized uh fashion i guess that's what it's probably going to be most focused on because yeah. i think that that is a a huge danger because if you think about these these pilots if you've got an incursion into your airspace then like i'm not in the military but i know that the first thing you try to do is to establish radio contact and then you would try and escort them out of the airspace right in europe yeah. we see this all the time with nato and russia NATO escort Russian aircraft out of NATO airspace all the time. But those are well-understood procedures. There is a low risk uh, most of the time that that is going to escalate. But the reason why it is a low risk is because everyone understands if you see a Russian bomber flying over Estonia, you don't shoot it down because you don't want World War Three. You you engage them. That's part of the military war games. Which, which I must say, sorry, just back to mm. to the 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 Tic Tac incident. That's the one thing that I must admit that has kind of struck in my mind is the way that the pilots were talking. You kind of have this vision that it would be very tense, mm. whether it's a UFO or whether it is uh, some Chinese experimental weapon. Mm. It, they seem quite kind of euphoric, but kind of fun and nonchalant about it, which I don't know if nonchalant's the right word, but do, do you know what I mean? It flippant. didn't feel as tense. Yeah, flippant and didn't yeah. feel as tense as if it was something that they'd seen before and they were commenting on it before and it wasn't as big as maybe we're making it out to be. I'm just trying to think of it from the other point of view. That's the only thing that sits uncomfortably with me about the audio and the video. Yeah, I I do see what you're saying, but at the same time, I think what they're seeing is so remarkable that they almost can't believe their eyes. And the adrenaline's pumping, and you know, and the adrenaline's pumping. It, yeah, it's, it's a euphoria, I guess, is a good description. Yeah, well, also these things don't appear to be a threat, so they're not locking weapons. Uh, targeting systems onto the aircraft as you might expect yeah. you know some kind of pseudo dogfight with yeah uh, and, then it, and then it comes up to a different level because i guess they have training to be calm and relaxed and not panic yeah. and freak out so yeah okay. absolutely absolutely okay. but but you would think that as well if it was so uh, i guess that, okay there's sort of three things on that if it was something that they had been warned to expect, so if they'd had a briefing saying, look, we think the Chinese have got this weapon, you might encounter it. And and again, there would be terms of engagement. What we would like you to do is record it, but not shoot it down, because obviously, again, disaster geopolitically. Um, the, the second thing is that they would be expecting to see it and you would imagine the conversation would go, oh, here's that thing that we were briefed about. And then the third thing you would expect is if they thought that it was either a manned or a non-manned terrestrial craft, that they would do things like uh, check for any open comms channels there yeah. would be undoubtedly, undoubtedly back channels on the ground where you would escalate this up and somebody would contact like the all the militaries of the world to avoid disaster have back channels. So somebody is phoning the Chinese going, I think we saw one of your things. 
and then in the nicest possible way, don't do that again. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it yeah. and you wouldn't make this public because it would make people panic. If yeah. people, if the Pentagon thought that this was an incursion into their airspace from a foreign adversary, they would not make it public. They would be going up both military and diplomatic channels to stop this happening. They would find a way of defending against it and protecting the people they're supposed to be protecting. That's what they would do. They wouldn't come out and go, we don't know what this is, because if they had even a slight thought that it was one of their adversaries, that is basically playing into their hands. If they thought for one second that the the Chinese military were rubbing their hands and going, ah, we got them, they thought it was from outer space. They didn't know that it was... from one of our warships, that would be an absolute disaster for the Pentagon and the sort of disaster they don't appear to ever make. It's fascinating, though. And, I mean, we'll see, I guess, whether we get drip-feeded. The other thing it made me think about, again, without getting too conspiracy, and it it kind of comes bringing in Trump, um, and you kind of go, oh, you know, when Trump started talking about Space Force, you, you mm. kind of go, oh, God, it's just Trump doing one of his things. It's the equivalent of let's start swigging bleach. But, you know, could it be more than that? Could this all, could these things be connected? Space Force, this video, the announcements about that. I think if it was a more, what's the word? Uh, a president with a bit more gravitas, let's say. Mm. If Obama had announced Space Force and this video had come out, more people would probably be making that connection, right? Yeah, I've, I think that's probably true. I, I guess it comes down to how much we assume they know and whether we go full tin hat and assume that they know everything and we know nothing or whether the you know probably the more likely scenario in what you describe is that there was a high level briefing and they realized we don't know where these things are uh we don't know where they're coming from we don't know what their aim is here and we don't know how to defend against it so what we have to do is create new weapons to defend ourselves against them Mm. and the halfway house probably is as you say space force because if you said oh right um in you know we're going to congress to ask for a check to pay for defense against ufos that Mm. sounds nuts doesn't it i mean that sounds completely crazy and I think you'd have a real hard time getting that past the the public as well. I think you'd find that anybody that voted for that in Congress would be voted out themselves pretty quickly yeah. afterwards. Well, so, especially in this time, right, when mm, the economy is going to tank after COVID nineteen. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and again, it seems like one of those things where you would have bipartisan approval in the states for something quite so big so i can Mm. imagine that the public facing uh sort of statement is oh we're funding space force no one really knows what space force is i mean it's pretty obvious what the navy is and what the army is but what is space force is it like a bunch of satellites is it like some sort of star Mm. cruiser like people that bit has been brushed over so space force to play to your point really does mean anything you want it to mean and it's a great way of channeling a whole load of funding into something which could be used to defend against these things if we need defending against them i mean i presume that somebody has taken the call that we do but well, I guess it, you know, it worked for Ronald Reagan in a way with yeah. this whole Star Wars program, which was kind of it was a it, that was all uh, that was all smoke and mirrors, but it it did serve a, a big purpose for yeah you yeah know, the that's Cold true. War basically yeah. But the, there are other things, aren't there? Like that, this isn't the only strange thing in the sky at the moment. 
No. And, well, I was going to say, let shall we move on and talk about the other one in recent, reasonably recent times mm. that, again, rose above that metaphorical space junk. Um, and I think there's a conspiracy just in the name of it because it's one of those that's kind of difficult to Oumuamua. Oumuamua. That's it. Now, this one fascinated me. So if, if, you, if you look at the Tic Tac thing, the thing that lifted it for me was this official statement, the fact that the, the footage is genuine and the fact that the mainstream press picked up on it. The Oumuamua... Is that a, 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 did I nail that? You did. Um, good. Um, we should tell people what it means. Actually, it is it's in Hawaiian, uh, the language, and it translates as first time visitor from far away." Yeah, which is is very poignant. And what rose this one above the noise for me was the amount uh, of attention it got from the scientific community. So. This uh, I found a great article on this in space.com uh, by a guy called Mike Wall. It was published in November of 2018. So just under a year earlier, this object had come, had been spotted. Uh, I think I think it, the reason it was, uh, it's got the Hawaiian name. It was for one of the observatories in Hawaii first found it, I think. Right. Um, and it's a very usual, unusual object. So it was discovered on October 19th, 2017, by astronomers using the Panoramic Survey Telescope and Rapid Response System in Hawaii. Uh, the object's name means, as Ben said, uh, something akin to message from afar. Its trajectory indicated that it's not from around here, making it the first confirmed interstellar object observed in our solar system and is unique in other ways as well, in its shape, for example. It indicates that the object is extremely long and narrow, measuring perhaps between 400 metres by 40 metres. No other known comet object exhibits such a needle-like form. I think it got nicknamed the cigar, right? Right. Uh, nobody knows for sure what it looks like or how big it is, as astronomers weren't able to capture a resolved image of the object uh, and estimate its size based on its brightness. Scientists initially regarded the object as a comet, but they reclassified it as an asteroid after observations failed to reveal any kind of tail or fuzzy coma, which normally you would associate, well, that you do associate with comets. But earlier this year, a team of researchers once again rebranded it as a comet after they noticed that it displayed non-gravitational acceleration. So this takes us up to date with, with the guy who's interviewed the study by Loeb, which uh, this, this top scientist didn't think it was a comet and he didn't think that explanation held up uh, because astronomers who originally uh, classified it as a comet, then an asteroid, then back to a comet, they still haven't spotted any tail or coma. I guess that's like a halo around it. There's other possible natural explanations, he added. Uh, it could be a fragment of a larger object. The observed motion could be from a kick that knocked that fragment loose. But such a kick would be a one-time-only thing, where this object has shown repeated non-gravitational acceleration. Um, he comes on to... Uh, a conclusion of what he thinks it might be but I, but i think i guess the the interesting bits about that then are the fact that it's repeatedly accelerated so it has which doesn't seem like a natural phenomena that can be explained yeah that's right i've got a quote from him as well it should be noted that uh, he's a harvard scientist and uh, it's a fairly long quote, but the piece that really sticks out is he says, as Oumuamua travelled through our solar system, it didn't follow the normal path of a typical comet under the sun's gravity. Rather, it slightly shifted off course, which couldn't be explained by gravity alone. Something else, some unknown force, was also at play manipulating the object's behaviour. And 
so I what he's he's not saying is that this is definitely alien, but in the rest of his quote, he's shedding doubt on the fact that uh, its movement could be attributed to, like as you say, the outgassing. And I think what I understand the outgassing to be is if you've got uh, water and solidified ice on the object as it uh, travels through different parts of space and becomes closer to the sun those uh pieces melt and then almost like a jet uh yeah. that melting uh the evaporation uh of that liquid pushes the object but what he's saying is that it doesn't look as if that is possible because we can see evidence of that kind of outgassing and we're not seeing any of it and that's what makes this object so peculiar yeah, and and the fact that it's it, this this movement and this speeding up effectively happened on multiple occasions where you, you wouldn't expect that, right? That's what I took from what I was reading. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you wouldn't. And so the if you the, the reason I think it's interesting to talk about this in the same uh, sort of sentence as the Tic Tac uh, video is that we're seeing, and more in the public eye, we're seeing these unexplained phenomena and the admission that they are unexplained is becoming much more of a narrative than it ever had done before. Mm. And respectable people are coming out and talking about their theories, which I don't think would have happened before. I don't think... Even 10 years ago, it would be acceptable for a Harvard scientist to speculate on the fact that a giant uh, sort of object in space could potentially be from an alien civilization. And that does all go back to what you were saying before, like, could this all be part of some kind of softening softening up of all of us to accept that we aren't alone in the universe and attempting not to blow our minds in the process. Well, what I think is quite interesting about this example is a lot of the scientific community put a good argument against us being visited or having been visited by aliens. And Mm. it kind of is really a mathematical argument, really, Mm. isn't it? It is, you know... Our, let alone our solar system is immense. You know, the chances of traveling to another star is kind of, for us at least, is is difficult to comprehend. Then there's got to be life around other stars and the size of the galaxy, the size of the universe, before you even get into are there multiple universes. So the argument basically is, you know, the universe is so massive the chances of an alien coming across us once are are just incomprehensible let alone coming to visit us on regular occasions and coming back and forwards so i think in a way this story i think is quite interesting because then you don't have to have all this weird conspiracy theory of oh they're coming here and they're observing us and they're trying to stop us kind of have nuclear weapons and they did some deal with eisenhower and all this stuff that goes around area 51 and all that this is it seems easier to buy the concept that suddenly this thing came in uh to our area of space that could be a probe or could be something else. And it's not coming to visit us and make a documentary for the alien version of David Attenborough. It's just there and it's just been travelling around. It, it kind of... It takes away the mysticism and all the other bits that come with, let's say, our terrestrial... extraterrestrial stories. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that makes that makes perfect sense. And if I was going to craft a way of making people more accepting of this that's probably the the way i would do it and and the narrative definitely has moved away from you know these things are here to 
invaders or take over it by making it in the first instance uh like mysterious and unknown it sort of calms down that uh that sort of sort of 1950s 1960s sci-fi yeah. era of these things are here to conquer us and it puts us more into the category of uh, I suppose either that these things are looking at us like uh, we look at ants in yeah. a hill, but I suspect what we will end up seeing is a narrative which tries to make out that what we're doing is encountering objects from some sort of peer-to-peer civilization, which is a lot less terrifying. Yeah, so, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, that is a way I think of coming people down because if the if the end goal is to say okay we've made contact either that's contact with like a biological entity or it's contact with uh some sort of extraterrestrial uh cyber intelligence uh some sort of machine that is uh doing doing the work that they programmed it for then uh, it becomes a lot easier to swallow that it mm. this is a scientific interchange uh, an expedition rather than uh, a, a kind of they're, they're here to eat us well i think if we if we run with that narrative for a little what little bit also the timing i was thinking you know the most of the world has gone into lockdown and by and large there's not been mass rioting there's not been mass looting society hasn't fallen over yet at least um so maybe that and which is probably the biggest argument for not ever releasing any details of alien life that everyone's going to panic and you know religion is going to fall over and the whole the whole thing whereas i wonder whether the the relatively calm reaction to what's happened with covid19 and isolation has maybe made people think a bit differently and think well maybe it's not as if there is a time <laughs> maybe now is it or reasonably yeah. soon yeah no that is a that is a really good thought i mean people are this is the first time in our lifetimes and uh, probably since uh, the second world war where people are actively thinking about how their lives might change going forward and they're trying to find the positives in in what's happening at the moment and a, apart from the fact that we've had to witness a lot of people dying which is terrible what people are realizing i think is that we don't need to pollute the earth as much as we do we perhaps should be kinder to our neighbours we perhaps don't need to spend money on unnecessary things and I think it's making people more grateful for what they've got and you're quite right, there's probably a team of top psychologists somewhere, perhaps they're at the Pentagon saying well maybe now is a good time to start (laughs) letting people know. Might be a good time as ever if we're going to do it. yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah so we will change our life and our world perspective so we'll drive less use the train less cook from scratch more and also acknowledge that there are machines from another galaxy flying around in our sky and that's just the new normal yeah yeah Uh, i mean it doesn't worry me no it doesn't worry me i think fascinating though i mean i'm glad that Certainly, the 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 Tic Tac story, the idea of a, a thin cigar object from another system, kind of coming into our world that that could be an either an active or inactive alien spacecraft. It has it's rekindled that kind of nine year old kid watching Close Encounters at the cinema for the first time in me, which I. I'm enjoying that bit of it and, you know, helping me wade through all that stuff that just gets sidetracked and confuses the issue. I think I think 
If nobody likes this episode, it's been a lovely piece of therapy for me, at least. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think what this does is set up one of the... One of the things that, again, is a driving force for doing this podcast, and I don't for one second imagine that I'll achieve it, but is trying to find some sort of logical unifying theory that connects the UFO phenomena, uh, ghosts, cord circles we've talked about, all of those things which are, they're all connected. There is... There is something that understands our psychology, uh, understands our thoughts, and whether it it involves manifesting a black monk in an ex-council house at 30 East Drive or is uh, observed by fighter pilots over the ocean, I feel like there is something which joins it all together. And the only explanation that I can come up with at the moment in my frustratingly uh, constrained human brain is that we're a part of a simulation. That's the only thing I keep coming back to. It, because it's yeah. either that or the spirits of the dead somehow roam the earth <laughs> and travellers from distant galaxies are sending craft to mess with our fighter aircraft and or, or some or the other one is some kind of parallel yeah a, a parallel universe going on, which is is kind of why i mean people a couple of people have asked well why we called ourselves the quantum mechanics it's partly because of that really yeah. isn't it of just you know there's a lot unexplained out there and it's well yeah. the the most unexplained stuff that is, is, that, is uh, yeah, it's quantum, quantum mechanics. mechanics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly and and people are yeah. actively trying to find uh, a solution to those uh, experiments and equations that don't make sense. But n- nobody really, really is trying to find a solution to why, you know, why ghosts, wh- why, why Nikki's son appeared to be harassed by the spirit of a murderer and you know it's easy to say like we keep saying it's easy to say all this stuff is made up but it just isn't and uh like well and i think sorry and i know i know know we're rambling a little bit but i also keep thinking that of these kind of connected moments that we keep having doing these whether it's you know the weird thing you said when we were doing the Vardika and the Banshees thing about, you know, oh, it's like if someone called, you know, Ron called and, you know, that was my dad's name. All these little yeah. things that just keep happening. I know, I know humans look for patterns and it probably is complete coincidence, but, you know, it, it's it's strange. Some there, Serendipity is a word that's certainly... Uh, become a bigger part of my vocabulary since we've been doing this. Well, they they say that the more you look at these phenomena, the more they look back at you. And coming up in some episodes in the future, uh, we've conceived conceived of a way of allowing that phenomena to look at us even more and see if it plays out. So I've, I've got something on the burner i i i can't reveal what it is at the moment but it's quite exciting and it'll be a little journey into discovering the truth and reality around uh our existence on this earth in in a way that uh i think would uh either prove or disprove it that's enigmatic isn't it oh Hell of a boast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, wow. Yeah. Well, uh, it's been, like I said, I'm glad I've, it's kind of rekindled my passion and curiosity around UFOs, as in alien UFOs. And it is a subject we'll return to. 
I've enjoyed this episode. Like I said, it's been therapeutic. So I hope everybody at home has enjoyed it too. And we'll uh, we'll see you next time on the Quantum Mechanics. See you next time. Quantum mechanics.